Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Welcome to the World in Sport, I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, a local rugby league match in Papua New Guinea ends in violence. The PNG Hunters prepare for their first home finals match. And we speak to the new Cook Islands under-20 football coach, Matt Calcock. But first, Samoa weightlifter Ale Opilonga is set to win an Olympic silver medal after two competitors failed doping tests from the 2008 Beijing Games. Opilonga initially finished in fourth place in the women's over 75kg division, one kg shy of the bronze medal winner. But a reanalysis of samples from eight years ago have found that the silver medalist from Ukraine and bronze medalist from Kazakhstan tested positive for banned substances. They're among 15 weightlifters to be provisionally suspended for failing the International Olympic Committee tests and have the option of taking their case to the Court of Arbitration for Sport. The president of the Samoa Weightlifting Federation, Jerry Warwick, was her coach in Beijing. Ele is probably our, our best ever athlete, and even uh, her performance at the Olympic Games was the best rank. I was, I was informed last night and uh, also uh, found out the positive results of the 15 tested. And yes, it is fantastic news. I mean, it's come eight years later. You've lost the glory, and but still, uh, a medal is a medal. And, uh, you know, all credit must be given to Eleo Pelomi for that. Automatically, she gets pumped up to silver medal. And we just have to wait for the official confirmation and the official advice. But it's there. The two girls are positive. So it's great news and fantastic news for Samoa. I guess it's a case of mixed reactions um, when something like this happens. You feel sort of vindicated in that regard and, and that anyone that has perhaps uh, is found out. But as you say, it's, uh, it's not quite like standing on the dais at the Games. It's certainly not the same. You, you lost the whole, you know, the hype of building up for the games. But a medal's a medal, and it has to be recognised. And I think for Samoa, it is. Um, it's put us in the map. A silver medal has made history for weightlifting in the Pacific. This will be the first medal at the Olympic Games. So I think for all lifters in the Pacific, it's something that it, it, it represents all of us. There's been such coverage, of course, of Fiji's uh, stunning gold medal in the Sevens Rugby in Rio. Uh, there's been so much talk about how long it's been since the Pacific won a medal with Paya Wolfgram for Tonga in boxing. And lo and behold, all along, we had Ali Opilonga just waiting in the wings. Yeah, I know, I know. It, it's fantastic news. But then again, like I said, uh, we, we've got to wait for the official confirmation. But according to the tests that have been positive and the names that are there, the two girls, the silver and bronze medalists, are on the positive list. So for us, it's fantastic news. And we're just looking forward to the time when they officially confirm. I'm sure Samoa will put on a, a big uh, welcoming for Ellie, bring her back and uh, you know, make sure that the presentation has done what, what she deserves. Yeah, and you've spoken to her. What was her reaction? Oh, she was. She couldn't believe it. <laughs> she really couldn't believe it. She kept thanking God, you know, for all this uh, coming true. And I said, yes, we worked hard. We were there. We had the medal. This is just, uh, that's it. We, we, you deserved it. You worked hard. And I have to say that we 
train in the Pacific and we train hard, and it's really not fair that we keep having to go up against big countries that are still taking these uh, banned substances. And, you know, it's not fair. We've been doing this for years, and I think it's time that this needs to, to stop. The fact that these retroactive tests are catching people, and it's not just these two, it's, uh, as you say, 15 in this instance, but there's been a lot in recent months and years that, you know, back to Beijing, back to Athens, uh, back to London, eventually, um, that these people are eventually being caught. Does that give you some confidence that the system is ultimately working, even if it takes a bit of time? I am happy, you know, last, you know, finally, we get this, you know, people are starting to get caught, and uh, drugs is not allowed, it's banned, and, uh, you know, finally, for many years, we've been, you know, we've been saying, what, what are we doing wrong? Why can't we compete with the best? But now, you know, it's finally it's coming around, so I'm, I'm very happy. And I think it's a direction for us here in the Pacific that now we have a hope that in not, in not only Italy, you know, other countries in the Pacific, now they, it's realistic. We can win medals at the Olympic Games. I suppose it's the little things too. I mean, ultimately you lift what you lift, but I mean, if she had won on the day that silver medal in Beijing, um, her whole approach going into London, her whole approach going into Delhi, where, of course, she had such success as well, um, you know, would have probably been different too when you go into an event um, knowing that you are a silver medalist, you know, things like that. Many things could have changed for her. Uh, really, you know, uh, if she would have won that silver, you know, her whole future would have been set for her. On that time, 2008, now it's eight years later, now, you know, we've been told that she, possibility she can win the silver medal, uh, you know, you lose a lot of, you know, like I said, it's not the same as winning on a day. You mentioned now, obviously, you still need confirmation. So what is the process there? How long could it take uh, and, and how will you find out? What's happened now is it's positive. The test is positive. The athletes will now take it to the court of arbitration. They go through the process, but you can't change it. Positives are positive. It's just, it just delays it a little, but the outcome is a positive. So it can be anything from a week to a month, but it will it will come out very soon. So we're, we're just keeping our fingers crossed it will come out soon. That's the president of the Samoa Weightlifting Federation, Jerry Warwick. The rugby league semi-final in Papua New Guinea has ended in violence after the referee was punched by an official from the losing team. The altercation sparked a brawl involving spectators at Sir John Guy's Stadium in Port Moresby, following Agmark Guria's victory over the Mount Hagen Eagles. The Papua New Guinea Minister for Sport, Justin Tachinko, says the Mount Hagen official assaulted the ref because he didn't like the outcome of the match, and he says he should now be banned for life. It is totally unacceptable. We will not allow referees to be assaulted or anybody to be assaulted in uh, our game. We're hosting the Rugby League World Cup in 2017 and we can't afford to have primitive, uneducated individuals causing grief to our national sport for their own personal self-gain. This sport is bigger than everybody else, including myself. And uh, I will be ensuring as Minister for Sports that the full penalties of the uh, assault and uh, other things are put forward without fear or favour. The first one will be that the official get banned for life from ever participating in any rugby league competition or team. And secondly, this is the second or third time the Hagen Eagles have um, breached the ethics code and rugby league rules. And as far as I'm concerned, they can be registered and go out of the system. If they can't abide by the rules, then they're not needed. If you don't like the decision, there is plenty of ways to appease uh, your grief.
but not by taking out physical assault against the referees and other players of the opponent of the opposite team. We're talking one official from the Eagles team, and that's obviously led the crowd to sort of become involved ultimately as well. Yeah, correct. One stupid official that thinks that he has all the power and the glory to assault a referee because he didn't like the final outcome. Now, I've spoken to many that were there at the game and asked if the referee's decisions were wrong or controversial, and they all said to me, no, it was a fair and decisive game, and the Gurias won without fear or favour. Irrespective of whether those decisions were right or wrong, obviously physical violence is unacceptable regardless. That's right. And, you know, we condone any physical violence when it comes to sport in Papua New Guinea, no matter what the sporting code is. When I took over, we also banned all alcohol at all stadiums and all sporting facilities. Alcohol and sport do not mix, and they never will, and we ban that from day one. There's no excuse and it's totally, we will not tolerate this anymore. The other thing as well is, is that I'll be speaking to the sponsors of the game, of the Digicel Cup, and those sponsors that sponsor the Hagen Eagles. And I'll make it very clear to them that if they continue to sponsor the Hagen Eagles, they are basically embracing what has just happened. They must condone it at the highest level, and they must remove their funding immediately. We've got to be hard on this. We can't be pussy-stepping around. We've got to make sure that people understand that they can't get away with this kind of actions anymore. Minister, this time last year, about 11 months ago, we spoke about a similar incident in the Digicel Cup final, also at Sir John Guy's, this time with the Simbu <laughs> Lions team. Yeah. And uh, you, you used similar language without yeah. fear or favour and that this was unacceptable. Are you concerned by the repeat nature of these incidents? Absolutely. And I believe they were fined quite considerably and the those officials are banned for life now, again. You know, I, I don't know what People think in their heads when they're doing these sort of things. Uh, You know, they have to revert to violence because they don't get their own way. So we all need to grow up. Our country's moving forward in leaps and bounds. We have some of the best stadiums and sporting facilities that the region has, and we've got to go with the times. So I think more education, I think, needs to be done in the clubs and in the the sporting codes on violence and uh, ethics and rules and regulations. I think that may be one area we need to look at considerably uh, in ensuring that all players and officials that are in these sort of uh, high positions know their boundaries, know what they can do, know what they can't do, and know the rules and regulations of the game. In light of the World Cup being next year and uh, having those uh, teams come and travel to play in Papua New Guinea and Port Moresby, and also the Hunters will be hosting their first ever finals game on home soil next weekend. Um, you know, With those in mind, I guess it's important that um, whatever issues you have are dealt with. Yeah, absolutely, and that needs to be dealt with immediately. Even criminal uh, charges need to be laid on the uh, official for assaulting a referee. This is not just at the level of the rugby league with a pat on the hand. Uh, this is now going to be a police issue because a innocent person has been assaulted by an official, which is totally unaccepted. I look at the Hunters game today. What a fabulous run event between Papua New Guinea and Queensland. Papua New Guinea won, the Hunters won, big margin, ready to get ready for the semi-finals coming up uh, in the weeks ahead. That is what rugby league's all about. That's an example of what we should be doing at the lower levels in the Digicel Cup and and the other uh, local rugby league games. Well organised, well run, well managed with qualified, experienced and dedicated people to the sport.
I think the Hunters uh, management and team should be looked as an example of what can be achieved when you get it right. And uh, we need to have a good look at all this. That's the Papua New Guinea Minister for Sport, Justin Tachenko. But it wasn't all bad news for Rugby League in PNG at the weekend, with the Hunters tuning up for the Queensland Cup playoffs by thrashing Sunshine Coast 34 points to 4. The Hunters finished undefeated in 11 home matches at the National Football Stadium, and CEO Bob Cutmore says that bodes well for this weekend's knockout clash against the same opponent. I think that's a wonderful thing to go through the season undefeated. We are hard to beat at home because we get a very good crowd. The crowd get behind us and it's great for the game. Our audience up here really appreciates the football and they appreciate their rugby league. Now, with the way the draw has gone, we will play Sunshine Coast again. And I know beating them 34 points to four, psychologically that's going to play on them coming up here. But it could also psychologically upset us. We might think, oh, they're going to be easy beats again. They turn up, we're going to beat them. Yeah, we can't do that. We've got to go to the football on next Sunday. And hopefully it's a good knockout final and we win that. But it'll be our first knockout final played in Port Moresby at home, which will be great. Yeah, of course, last year you earned yourself a home final but uh, weren't able to play it at home for various reasons. So those have obviously been sorted. We've done some sorting there. We've compromised and come to a decision on that. And uh, so, yeah, I'm happy with the way we've sorted that out. From my recollection, what part of the issue last year was broadcasting or, or something like that? And it was still the um, issue this year. They wanted us to be the Channel 9, which would cost us full production costs. But I've said that I would meet production costs out of Townsville for the Townsville game, which means I can save a lot, a lot of money. So the match will be broadcast? Uh, our match won't be broadcast uh, into Channel 9 in New Australia, which is a, a pity because the game itself and the audience we have here, it'll be wonderful advert for PNG to have the game broadcast back into Australia. But currently, we're not the Channel 9 game. We're the Sunday game. We'll be playing at 5 past 3 next Sunday afternoon. So you're paying for the cost of the Townsville game, which allows the hunt... the hunt, Correct. And the compromise there means that you guys still get to host a game. Correct. We'll host our game, but it won't go back into Australia. The, the, the Channel 9 game next Sunday afternoon at 1.40 will be the Townsville Blackhawks and I'm assuming it'll be East. I think they won, didn't they? So whatever that is. You've had uh, a few players come back in the last couple of weeks as well. Watavo Puara, one of them. Uh, and I think you've got another one or two coming back from suspension uh, for next uh, week as well. So we'll have Alex Wera. We've had two players cited today. We've had uh, Justin Ollam cited again for a shoulder charge. And Adam Carave has been put on report for lifting tackle. So we'll have to see how the judiciary act on that tomorrow and the review committee. And we'll just have to wait to see what happens there. OK, because those are, obviously Justin was out for a couple of weeks, wasn't he? And uh, Adams had some injuries uh, earlier in the season, so I guess it's... Uh, Correct, uh, yeah. So, so they've both got carryover points, uh, so hopefully it's not going to affect us that much, but it could. That's the PNG Rugby League CEO, Bob Cutmore. The former Team Wellington football coach Matt Calcott begins a new journey this week with the Cook Islands men's under-20s team at the OFC Championship in Vanuatu. Calcott led Team Wellington to their maiden New Zealand domestic title earlier this year, as well as back-to-back runner-up finishes in the Oceania Champions League. After five years in charge, he was looking forward to a brief break from football, but says the chance to test himself in a new environment was too good to turn down. There's a good friend of mine who's um, technical director of the Wellers now, Jess Ibrom, who was formerly at the, the Wellington Phoenix um, and uh, Lockie just gave me a phone uh, a week or so ago and said uh, look, they're looking for a coach. Their coach is uh, heading away to, to Canada in between qualifying for the tournament and, and now. So uh, I said, yeah, why not? Something a little bit different. Obviously, I've had uh, 10 years of, um, of you know, lots of, uh, you know, 
cup finals and um, and leagues and all sorts of things like that. And uh, you know those things tend to go right to the wire. But you know this one's a completely different experience, and uh, really looking forward to it. So at this stage, you're just on for this Oceania Championship. Yes, yeah. At this stage, um, just uh, locking it the next kind of twelve or thirteen days, and uh, and we'll see what uh, see what comes from there. But there's obviously been a um, uh, a real commitment um, from um, Oceania and, and FIFA into the islands, uh, you know, over the next four years, and uh, and so you know, I'm sure there, there may well be some opportunities for you know for coaches um, in the region. And so that phone call you got was literally just a week ago. A couple of weeks ago, to be honest with you, you know, it was, it was quite surprising because I actually finished my role with Team Wellington and, and Miramar today. Um, so and the plan was to have a break with a young family, but um, you know these things come about, and uh, and again it's just another new experience. So it's um, it's you know I'm really excited about it. One of the things you cited when you opted to you know stand down from that role was um, you know that it always was sort of fighting an uphill battle against the uh, cashed up clubs up in Auckland and, and maybe having less resources. Well, you're going to the Cook Islands now, and uh, in the context of the Pacific, I guess it's uh, an even more extreme example of that. Absolutely, and uh, you know, but they, these are kind of one-off things, aren't they? You know, it's a small, small tournament, and uh, it's a national team. And from my understanding, and talking to people in Oceania, it's a very well-run association. You know, very well developed in terms of infrastructure. So, you know, we'll see. You know, I don't tend to know the lie of the land too much, and that's why it's a short-term project. And uh, and you know, if other opportunities come off the back of that, well, well then um, then that's great. So what do you know about the players in your squad? I mean, did you get any, I suppose you didn't have any say in selecting the players? And, I mean, do you, do, how many of them are you aware of? Ironically, about seven or eight of them are, are playing in New Zealand. So, as you'll be aware, there's a, a strong Cook Island contingent that, that lives in New Zealand and Australia. One that plays at Glenfield, there's one that plays at Palmerston North Marist. Um, Sam plays down in Western. Um, Oren plays at obviously Palmy, and uh, and uh, Michael plays in Hibiscus uh, Coast. So there's a really strong contingent from this part of the world, and so I've been able to just through some contacts speak with you know those people and, and speak with the, the players direct about you know what's been going on and, and what they need to you know do to to be well, I suppose competitive um, in the coming weeks. And so you'll head over to Vanuatu. Uh, you guys are over in Luganville for the group stage uh, for your pool, Group B. And what, you just get a few days with them before it all starts off? Yeah, look, we fly in on the Tuesday and we, um, we play New Zealand on the Saturday. So very, very tough uh, fixture, obviously. But, you know, something that, you know, uh, over the course of the three or four sessions that we'll have together, we'll, we'll try and get as much work in as possible and, uh, and, uh, and see whether or not we can, you know, uh, affect the result. Yeah, hell of a way to start, isn't it, against New Zealand? Yeah, look, it is. And, you know, look, Darren Basie, I know him well, and uh, and I know the, the staff well from New Zealand. So, you know, I know a number of those players. So, you know, a, a very, very tough fixture. And uh, and from my side, it's really a case of getting in there and, and affecting my group. We know it's going to be tough. To, you know, to some degree, it might be damage control, but we're just looking to make a difference, and uh, and that's why I've accepted the role. Do you see some positivity in, in the standard in the Pacific region? At the moment, having coached in the um, you know the Champions League the last couple of years and done a lot of scouting and around Oceania, the average player coming out of a number of the member associations has increased hugely, and there's some really really talented footballers and uh, and you know I mean a lot of the research tends to point towards and, and long term player development models tends to point towards the informal hours that they spend, and uh, you know these guys. There's a lot of street football, you know, there's a, a lot of that stuff where, you know, they can just 
you know, put the jumpers down and play to some degree. And there's a lot of that, and that's really helping with the development, because especially when you're going through that skills-building kind of acquisition phase of, of, of your development. Matt Calcott. The OFC champions will qualify for next year's Under-20 World Cup in Korea. And that's the World in Sport for this week. From RNZ International, I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thank you for listening. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies. I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible or anime and under this mask is another mask (laughs) you can discover your new favorites right here on the anime effect listen every friday wherever you get your podcast and watch full video episodes on crunchyroll or on the crunchyroll youtube channel